On this episode of the Ugly Wins Packers Pod, we talk about our trips to Tampa and our home stand against the Patriots. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. That's right. There is no beer can opening for this episode. It's a win. Too flat? Didn't make a sound? Yes. It's it's a stale win. It doesn't feel like a a beer pop is justified. It's a a weird situation, and I asked right before we jumped on, and we'll kind of do this general question before we get into the specific games. Are you guys, after four weeks... Optimistic about this season or pessimistic about this season? Oh, you just want me to go first there. I, I see you. I see you. <laughs> no, I I am still optimistic. This is week four. This is week four. Aaron Rodgers looks awful. Um, we, we can still pull out awful wins. You know, honestly, we shouldn't have two of these wins. We, we should be one in three, probably, um, if not two and two. Um, but uh, it, I'm still optimistic. There's plenty of time to piece it together. Look at look at the other good teams in the league. Cincinnati Bengals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's other teams. The Giants, are they really a three and one team? Who knows? There's still a lot of time. But I have belief in Aaron Rodgers and the coaching staff to piece together wins every week, no matter how ugly they are. And hopefully, hopefully our offense can look functional uh, come 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 the playoffs um but yeah totally optimistic i get your train of thought but i'm gonna take the other side of the coin we have the players they've all individually performed well at times this season or in previous seasons we have a coaching staff who has been very good at drawing up game plans in the right play at the right time in a majority of games but they continue to show flaws through the first four weeks that with this roster and with this coaching staff, you shouldn't be seeing. And it feels like a slightly different one every week outside of Rogers not being consistent with his wide receivers, which we knew that was a problem going into the year. And I'm still not comfortable that we have the receiving core that we do. I'm wondering if Amari Rogers is just holding Odell Beckham's uh, seat warm until we sign him in the middle of the year. I don't get it. Uh, there's enough here for concern. I'm pessimistic specifically because of the last two weeks. We didn't have a podcast last week. We can talk about that. But uh, because of the last two games that we haven't had a chance to talk about, these teams were banged up and it shouldn't have been close. And an offense and a defense from the Packers that should be able to just take care of business and win by 10 points didn't do it. So I'm pretty pessimistic right now. Yeah, there's a whole season left. Yeah, we have reasons for positivity. But they're not doing it right now, so I'm pessimistic. Yeah, I think the only thing that is kind of a savior right now is the wins. Because ask the Chiefs who played an ugly game against the Colts if they wish they would have squeezed out a win. 
ask Joe Burrows in week one throwing five interceptions and they squeeze out a loss, whether they like a win. So being three and one, and especially with one of those wins being against the Buccaneers, which I know for a, a chunk of Sunday night football got absolutely uh, trounced by the Chiefs. This team could easily be one and three, very, very easily. And they're not. They're three and one. And I, I think I'm a little worrisome about, to Dan's point, there are spans of just stale, ugly football. When the defense is on, they're on. When LaFleur is making play-calling decisions and this offense is rolling through, it is awesome to watch. Aaron Jones is having a legitimate MVP candidacy in four weeks. But is the O-line going to be the O-line that we're used to? Are these will, young receivers going to develop? Are we going to give Aaron Jones I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think I lean slightly pessimistic just because I think we are all sold on this defense would be lights out. And they've done an okay job at points. And I think we are sold on the fact that we are going to run, 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 and we still even deviate from that plan too. So I, I, there's plenty of time. We got three of the next four games are against the New York teams. Hopefully we can make a, a, a run and be six and one by the time we face the Bills. And then it's just kind of one of those that hopefully things click. But I'm really nervous, and this is for next episode, I'm a little nervous about going to London. It feels like a bad time because we can't get our stuff straight domestically. I don't know how internationally it's going to work out. Maybe we'll reverse it. I don't know. Does toilets go opposite out there anyways and cars are on the opposite side? Maybe we'll blow out uh, offensive explosion, but I don't know. You're getting ahead of yourself. What's what, yeah, You're getting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> backtrack, backtrack. You <laughs> did just call the Commanders a New York team. I like that. You know, three out of the next four games are in New York. Three out of the next four games are in New York. We have the Washington yeah. Commanders. You got them in New York now. Three out of the next four games are against New York teams. Why are the Washington Commanders a New York team? They're in D.C. My gosh. <laughs> the next four games. Giants, three out of Jets, the next four. Commanders, Bills. Three out of the next four games are going Oh, you're counting the Bills as New York. That's upstate. That doesn't even count. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally different vibe. Why are you counting the Washington Commanders? I thought you were, Yeah, wow. That's a late-night brain fart there. Oh, that's uh, funny. But, all right, Tampa. Let's talk Tampa. We didn't have a podcast last week because two-thirds of us are – two-thirds of the pod is in Tampa and had some extracurricular activities going on. But uh, did you guys – have a chance to have fun during the Packer versus Tampa game? <sighs> Let me tell you, the first sighting that we had in front of us was big old number 69. And me and Ryan looked start at with each other. telling people that you went to the game instead of oh, yeah. saying you had a big 69 in your face? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we went. We ended up going to the game. Ryan got got some good hookups. But I, I, it put a smile on my face seeing Bakhtiari right in front of us, and he literally sat right in front of us the whole entire game. So we, we he he was coaching up um, Yash Nijman, Nijman um, the whole game too, which is was a lot of fun uh, to see how intense he was in coaching. Uh, you know the fellow left tackle, um, and then just the intensity that he brings to the sideline, I think, is an understatement. Um, he's very dramatic. I mean, I think he should be in the WWE 
um, after this, uh, he would be a perfect fit uh, for that. I think he wants to be in the WWE. Undertaker 2.0. I, I mean, he's right. I mean, he's got to. But uh, no, overall, though, Tampa Bay, oh, it sucks. It is one of the worst football atmospheres I've ever watched a game <laughs> in. And I I want to even say more. I'm holding back uh, my feelings. A I just love you didn't even clarify like the stadium and the fans. You just said Tampa Bay. It sucks. <laughs> the city. Here's itself. A problem. Yeah. Yes. I've gone to a few games. I've never I've never remotely paid a high price for it because I refuse to. We somehow lucked into getting being right behind the bench, as Josh said. So you're assuming that when you're lower bowl, you're hearing the noise come in until the fourth quarter. It was quiet. It really was a quiet football stadium. It was hot as hell. I understood completely why Lazard lost not only his lunch, but his breakfast, his previous <laughs> dinner, and any snacks he'd had because it was just sweat. It was just hot, sunny ugliness. But it's just it, it, nobody wanted to stand. It'd be a third down, and everybody would be yelling to sit. It's just – I know that Gary has been on the Lambeau faithful for needing to be more enthusiastic. There is no way. There's no way that you can compare a lot of stadiums across the country with Tampa in terms of just, I don't know if how it's built, the sound leaves, the fans just aren't into it, but the game set a attendance record for the Buccaneers. How is that possible after winning a couple Super Bowls and having Tom Brady and having those great teams that they had when they won the first Super Bowl, and this is when they break the record? It just was like, wow, we needed a good 20,000 Packer fans to show up to break this damn thing. I just, to anybody out there, there's probably nobody from Tampa listening to this, so I don't I don't have any concern about it being Tampa. 100% it's not nobody is. It's just not worth it. Like unless you get a decent hookup, I I will never pay for money to see a game because that should have been hyped out max. Josh talked about it last time. Radio didn't care about it. TV didn't care about it. The fans didn't care about it. I don't. I I'm confused. But it was a, a good game if you liked hard hitting. I will say if it was. Mm-hmm. It, Good old school Big Ten matchup of just hits and bursts of speed, and that linebacker crew for Buccaneers is so fun to watch. Like yeah, they, are, they are gifted beyond belief. Um, but you look at the Packers and they pulled it off. Uh, hey. It was a great first half. The best. Who first half the one guy that off. stood out on the field, right? Who is the one guy that we always kept seeing? Nixon. Nixon everywhere that's the one thing i wanted to bring up i wanted to bring up because we didn't get to talk about him and he played an amazing game versus tampa bay okay you brought him up now with the aaron jones fumble (laughs) how is it 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 sort of happened with dobbs's fumble here in the first half this week too did the aaron jones fumble at the goal line not in the moment but based on what happened afterwards, feel eerily similar to Mercedes fumble against San Francisco in the playoffs. Exactly like it. We got scared right after. Play calling was, got conservative. It, it was exactly like it. And Both it times was really the was really no problem. Yeah, it yep. was a fluky thing too because Vitave actually went into coverage 
a 300-some-pound yeah. man got into coverage, and Jones caught the ball and then kind of looked up like, what is this behemoth <laughs> of a man doing in the backfield? <laughs> and so it was kind of just a fluky play, and I, I'm, I'm fully convinced that even if we went for a field goal there, because I think being scared from earlier attempts, we would have gone for a field goal. I think Brady probably would have gone on a field goal anyways. It worked out. We got the turnover right back again. But from that point on, it we were showing a whole lot of formations. We were throwing a whole lot of things out there, and it became very simplified, and it became very one-dimensional for the entirety of the second half because we were literally in the concourse, high-fiving Packer people being like, that was the almost a perfect half of football. And then it was we're, – we were trying to set up Tom Brady for a second-half comeback. We, that's the only only if thing I'm, that could flow in my head. If I'm LaFleur, I go into this week's practice knowing you need to fix this and run some form of drill where, like, you typically would have offense going against defense, once against two, some scripted plays. You're going to run 20 plays. You're going to go for 20 minutes, whatever it might be. And just, like, three plays or three minutes into the session – just be like turnover and then switch the entire session of practice and just get the offense out of rhythm and then come back to that drill and be like, okay, 11 on 11 again. Like, let's see you actually get back in rhythm. Like they're just not handling it well and it needs to be repped out of them. You can't have a turnover change the entire vibe of an offense two times in two big games, you know, eight NFL games away from each other. I think our, offense of players are being too hard on themselves um they're doing a lot of really good things um yes leader. yeah yeah critiques everything and remembers everything He's yeah demands perfection how do you not be hard on yourselves more than what a regular nfl offense has to be i mean you you do because they're, they're messing up clearly but we there's plenty of things that we can do well and do consistently well um, and you can see that by some of the play calling, you know, yes, teams are short starting to stop the short passes and click, uh, block those short lanes over the middle um, and crossers. Um, but we're opening it up. We're going to start throwing more deep balls. You can see all of our wide receivers can run the deep ball. If they can adjust to the deep ball, I don't know yet. They need to look over hey, their that, outside shoulder, please. That back shoulder by Dobbs was beautiful. That was beautiful, and I'm pretty sure Rodgers called it in the huddle beforehand. This is what we're doing, and it's going to work. Like, but, um, but no, I, I, I still have trust, and I, I think they're being too harsh. Just keep working hard. Keep learning the playbook. I mean, we got two rookie wide receivers that are playing very well, very well. Um, so they're playing better than I thought, um, even with all the struggles. I, I thought we'd be two, two and two, one and three at the beginning of the year. I did not think this – First four games would go well. Um, so to be three and one, once again, I'm a happy man. All right, let's talk positives. Uh, Dobbs, back shoulder, look like Jordy. Dobbs, on that touchdown catch, where he caught it. Someone's, <laughs> someone's just going to show him film of how Devontae would whip right before he makes contact with the ground and lets his shoulder make the contact instead of the ball. Yeah. Not going to happen overnight. Progression is not linear with him, but we get to watch him get better. Hopefully, week by week, there's going to be some weeks where you're like, "Ooh, what happened to him this week?" But overall, in this first season, you want to see that trajectory. You want to see him make that diving catch next time as a game winner. Like, how, how crazy would that have been? Uh, but you want to see him just 
rolled next time before letting the ball make contact with the ground and having to hold on to it from there. Uh, Tanya, or yeah, I want to see more of Tanya. And it was nice. Yes, the seam, the seam is yeah. back. I don't know why uh, he had six catches against Tampa, but it still feels like we're not highlighting him, featuring him. Lazard had a quiet 100 yards. I, I'll take that from Lazard. Like I was shocked that the box score had triple digits for him. And then old man Cobb has a little juice left. Man, he's he's running with the ball. And you're like, that's what Amari Rogers is supposed to be looking like right now. Like he looks good. Yeah, I think that's the thing that stands out to me is not only Dobbs making plays for the touchdowns, but he has 13 receptions on 16 targets, with one of those being a, a he caught it, didn't bring it all the way to the ground. So the man could potentially be 14 for 16, three touchdowns, 200 some yards. Like it's it's unreal what he's done and advanced. In the the time frame he did, I'm glad they got Watson involved in any way possible and gaining his confidence. He seems like a guy that just needs to constantly go with the flow. But everything that you're saying, you at, Dan asked a question of does this defense have an identity? And through four weeks, I still say no. But I feel like this offense is starting to get very close Every single player knows their roles. And I know that you could say that about every year, but it felt like in the past it's we run and it's Devontae and that's what it is. But Cobb has accepted the fact that he's going to get maybe three targets and he's probably going to catch all of them and make those big first downs. Lazard seems to be good with saying, I'm going to get receptions. If I get touchdowns, it is what it is. I just feel like this backfield is not greedy their workhorses. I, I can't believe what um, Jones is doing. He actually broke the Packers record for most 100 yard games that it didn't. It took less than 20 carries to get to uh, Jim Taylor held the record. He now has 11 games in which he's gotten to over 100 yards with less than 20 carries. I, I just. We're getting there. If this O-line can get a little healthier because I, I'm still uh, – the trust level is not high, but I feel like this receiving core has bought completely into you may see the ball, you may not, make plays when you can, and for the most part they are. I, I'm still going to come back to we're not giving Aaron Jones the ball enough. With how he is playing this year, I mean, honestly, he should have the most yards out of any player at this point. But second, I still think we're missing a wide receiver one. Even though we see good things happening, you know, Lazard's getting those nice first down catches. He had three over 20 yards. Even though Dubs is playing lights out and he's making some really, really good plays, those are still solid two and three. And, and, And for a Super Bowl team, and that's what we're calling ourselves, that's your two and three. You need someone that can get open at any time. And we don't have that yet. There's no one that we can call. Cobb is probably the closest and he's still covered, even though he's making tough catches. So I still think we have to make a move to Preach. do some damage in the playoffs. Have to Preach. Good to hear you on my side. Been saying it since before the season started and it's, Coming very clear. Like you said, Cobb's making some great clutch plays. Third down, he seems to be Rodgers' outlet, but it's not like he's wide open. It's 
Rodgers and Cobb knowing each other and threading the needle and Cobb catches it, which is fun to watch, but it's not mm-hmm. sustainable in the playoffs. Can we? Can I ask this, though? If Rodgers increased his accuracy against the Patriots by even a little bit, we go off. We had legitimately four deep balls that I actually think our receivers had a step, and if he was led them instead of going three or four yards over, it, I'm not saying that we have a wide receiver one, but I think we're a little closer on that separation scale than what you're giving credit to because Rodgers' accuracy so far this year has not been great. Dobbs, he admitted that the Dobbs fumble was completely him putting him in an awkward position to catch. He's like, I can't believe he caught it. I almost wish he didn't. I, there's something off with Rodgers this year's accuracy. And if you look at his overall stat line so far, they're matching that 2019 season where we were kind of like, are we starting to see the downturn? He he has not been that perfect lofter, maybe because he's used to maybe an Adam speed that once he goes, he goes. But we, we've missed a substantial amount of plays this year. Yeah, I, I think that has to do with just Adams isn't there. Rodgers could just throw it in the vicinity of Adams and Adams will go get it. Like he had that determination. He had that willpower as a wide receiver that we don't have that right now. We, we have no one that's going to go get the ball. So yes, Rodgers is point. down, but this is the reason Josh is optimistic because it's week four and all those vibes are going to come together. Right. I mean, yep. I yep. Like we're, and we're going to sign Odell Beckham once he gets back in yeah. and, uh, all will be solved. I mean, it, eh, Watkins already hurt. Let's just go get Will Fuller. He can get hurt for us. We uh, have a, a nice depth chart. He'll pull his hammy before he even signs. I just don't know what Amari's doing on the team anymore. The guy can't make anyone miss. You can find someone else to return punts. Okay, I, how about the defense? How I could probably defense? return punts better than him. We we can talk oh, offensive line uh, in our preview pod for for upcoming too. But how about the defense? Like in a game against Brian Hoyer, Hoyer and Bailey Zappi, close. We talked about this being a top five, top three, maybe top defense in the league. How are these guys having success? And I know Tampa only scored twelve points, but the game was close. Uh, the Patriots scored twenty four points. Like you can't you can't tell me the defense has no problems. Sick. Six of those was an interception. Okay, so we're back to Rodgers. You guys just want to talk about Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's – if you want the Homer answer, you go 24 points, minus seven for the interception, and minus seven. I'd maybe see minus four because of the play clock expiring for seconds before uh, oh, a snap was made. But oh, my gosh. I – we are you – could, you could start to really see – how much we missed Jair and especially Amos, that there was a lot of floating around that we weren't quite set on. But we have a really serious problem that we've yet to fix in the run defense. I think we're something around like sixth or seventh best passing, and we're like 20th, 21st in rushing, and it might have even gotten worse from that. We, I think it stems from Campbell is not the Campbell we saw last year. I think Quay Walker while he gets on the outside really fast, uh, I, I think he struggles inside. We talked about this defensive line just being beasts, and they're getting into the backfield to create pressure. But when it comes to run defense, we are just not remotely where we 
Yeah, and this is my one note from our defense is Strange kicked our ass. The the rookie guard yeah. out of Chattanooga, and I have to bring him up because my fiance is from Chattanooga. There Shout out. Is. There you go. But he kicked our ass. He was getting to the linebackers, getting to the safeties consistently, and I don't. And there was great there was great motion that the Patriots were doing to get him in, in, into the hole where the linebackers were filling and getting there at the same time. It it was beautiful to watch. If you didn't see it, go look back, but that's an issue. And it happened in the Buccaneers game also. And the Buccaneers line is not that good. Also. I felt bad when they highlighted Cole strange beating air quotes, Kenny Clark. It was a double team. It's like, man, it don't hang my guy out to dry like that. Like, Cole Strange yeah. was having a good game, but it's like, you got to pick this play just because he's pushing Kenny back. It's like, there's two guys on him. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. I feel like but that, only... th- that's an issue. That's the issue. Why are the guards getting free shots at our linebackers? Why is that happening? Typically, that would be a D-line not eating up a double team. But the play yeah. I'm talking about, he was eating up a double team just five yards in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the only consistent performers in the front seven right now are Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. Yeah, uh, Preston. Preston. Uh, it's pretty quiet. I mean, it's I, just inconsistent. It's inconsistent defense, and part of that is when you play a Joe Barry style. There, there's just moments where you go, "All right, we just gave him that. All right, we just gave him that." And that's not. <laughs> that's a whole can of worms that we've already kind of opened in previous pods. But there's just moments that this defense just looks lost and mm-hmm. I wish we would save these damn timeouts for not when the play clock's about to hit two, but when we just got to set and be like, we know we're running around a little bit. The amount of times, how many times have you seen Campbell yelling to one side and Stokes point, And you can tell that the defense is not set. We're not set. We're not ready for the play. And then we get eaten up for a nine yard gain or we get eaten up for a 15 year play. I, I just, as Dan mentioned, that bum Rashawn Gary is the one dude on this team that you can you could say through four weeks, every single week, that he's he's done everything he could. Like he yeah. legitimately has done everything he possibly could. Every single person else on that D has had moments where you go, What in the F are we looking at? What are yeah. we doing? Is this a Joe Barry problem? Is this just a not ready to play problem? I I don't quite understand it, especially for how freaking hyped this defense well and most of the issues i see are glaring secondary where someone's just wide open where it was either someone was supposed to play man or not and then stokes stokes is i'm worried about stokes he doesn't look good this year he i'm afraid that maybe last year is just like the you know rookie you know fresh legs i don't know but he he's not looking as good as he did. And Douglas, Douglas looks a step slower. Also, I don't know what it is. It's got to be something in the play calling. Because how can the secondary look completely different than last year with how they're playing and how lack of aggressive they are? I I, I don't know how better way to phrase it, but somebody back me up out. Yeah, the, the I do love Josh. I love that you talk about guys coming out of college and you're worrying about their athletic ability because you do the same thing with Slayton <laughs> of we're saving him because he's got to get in shape. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> this, hey, this he's ripped this year. He's ready. Old. He he's is ready. He's physically <laughs> capable of playing football. Yeah. 
like 22 to 23, they just dramatically change as human beings. Everybody knows this when you go through your growth spurt. Or if you're a corner. That's when that's I went it. through mine. Or if you're a yeah. corner, that's when you get old. Yeah, there, there's something weird going on. I don't think Jair coming back fixes it. I mean, it's it's adding an elite talent to the secondary, which is great. But um, if you look at like the Twitter film junkies, they are not too pleased with the willingness to tackle that we're seeing from some defenders uh, up the middle. Not naming names, Darnell. Uh, and some of that's got to be fixed, right? And maybe it's this quote-unquote veteran defense saying we're in this for the playoffs, not week three. You know, sort of Josh's stance, like whatever we're winning, it's about later in the year. That might be the mentality we're seeing play out, but these games are too close for comfort. They're like, oh, we could just uh, have a one-score game every week, and we got Aaron Rodgers, so we'll win three-fourths of them, and we'll still make the playoffs. That's not the way I want to go through the year. And I don't think that's their mentality, but that's the way it's coming across right now. I think Joe Barry is going to – they're going to have a conversation uh, uh, fairly soon. I, I think it's a little – it's going to be very interesting against the Giants that may or may not have – we might be going back up against Giants again, which did not work out as especially well for the Patriots. But Saquon Barkley may – he has had leg troubles. He might lose one with the amount that they're about to give him the ball. But – Oh, yeah. We're going to test. I think that there is a time in the very near future, especially when we start looking at the Buffalo Bills of the world, when we come back to the Vikings, like Joe Barry needs to look in the mirror and decide what this defense is going to do because sometimes our zone and our our ability to give themselves – we're doing that damn thing again where we're giving them 12 yards when they need four yards. It's like, why are we playing back so far? Why are we playing back so far? The patent coverage scheme. Uh, I totally agree with your point. The Giants are going to test us whether they have Daniel Jones or not, but let's say they do. He's typically a very mobile quarterback, and Saquon's having a contract year. I won't even say a record year. He's having a contract year, which is when everyone balls out so they can get paid, so they can just coast into retirement at the age of 28. It sounds like an ideal profession. Uh, but we could easily be a pretty fraudulent 6-1, and one, and then that's where we get tested. You didn't even call out the Eagles. uh we're going to be underdogs against Buffalo, Philly, L.A., maybe Vikings round two if their offense starts clicking to any degree. They're they're hot and cold right now too, but uh, the way we're currently playing, you need to go win these games by double digits. Like If these games are close, I'm going to remain pessimistic going into the back half of the year. Uh, I want to call another group out. I think we're contractually obligated to if they're playing well. Special teams again. I I know we expect a little bit more from Amari, but in terms of their coverage, uh, special teams, Nixon again downing it up to just fantastic. And I was also blown away when Crosby came out for that field goal, and they're like, this is only his third field goal attempt so far in the year. I... I had to look it up because I was like, really? And I was like, oh, I guess we just scored the two touchdowns. So the fact that his fourth attempt on the season is a game winner, granted it was a little bit closer, but like shout out to Mason Crosby. <laughs> Which, Praise God, that was just a 31-yarder. Especially since Jim Nance, he's walking out there and he's like, on game-winning or game-tying field goals in the fourth and overtime, he's only like 50% in his career. I was like, Jim, you son of a bitch. How are you doing this to us? But it's uh, it's uh, 
it's so good when things go well on special teams. So yeah, good. I I, I, I did hear uh, Dwayne Larvey talk to uh, to Mason Crosby and had an interview, and Crosby was saying that he he feels like the special teams has the fire that the rest of the team is missing right now. He goes, they have players like uh, Levette. I don't even know how to say his name, but I love the man. I'm going to learn every time you try to say his name. I'm I'm learning it. I'm learning it next week. This is on record. Um, But no, him and Nixon and uh, Ford, the the guys that they have brought in specifically for special teams, Mason called them out and said they bring some fire that you don't see anywhere else. So we need some more fire, baby. Which one of those three can return kicks? Nixon? I'd give him. I'd give him a shot. I bet he'd run harder than Amari Rogers. Anyone. <laughs> Is it wild that if you had to say we're now quarter ish through the season? We'll, we'll actually just ask it. Who is your first quarter Packers MVP? Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary. Jones. I was going to say Jones. Jones has yeah, been absolutely. Yeah. But could you say, could you have a legitimate conversation of Nixon at least being the third or fourth best oh, player? through uh, uh, Special teams MVP. I yeah. don't know, man. He did turnovers. He got some punts down on the He two. still sucks. He's got some improvement to do. You can, you can have that conversation, but I'd like you to have that conversation in a closed room <laughs> with no microphone all by yourself. <laughs> well... All I'm trying to do is add to your pessimism, Dan, of this season by saying that Nixon might be one of our top players through four games. Anyways, I know this episode has been an absolute randomness. All we can say is we're three and one. We're playoff position. Gotta win these games, and we have. We head out to London. I, I don't. I have not seen what our strategy is. I know the Vikings left on like a Friday. I know that there's other teams that leave earlier than that. We'll have to see how that all works out. I, I I'm, I'm excited to have mimosas for a Packer game. I don't know if I've ever done that before. So that's kind of an exciting time, but we'll see if this team Real can, can, can build upon this. If we can somehow go to four and one, um, but until next time, thanks everybody. Go pack, go. Oh.